or that neighbor that you find it awfully hard to love. And you read in the scriptures, love your neighbor just as you love yourself. The Bible is a book that rebukes, but it also corrects. I'm glad Paul didn't stop by just saying it rebukes, but it also corrects, which means to set one right. Because after you've been rebuked, now you want to know, okay, now how do I do it right? If I did not do it right, if that's the wrong way, how must I do it right? And so God then gives us that information. You've all been on a trip with a GPS and you're off the destination. You can't wait to get there. It's four hours long. And after two hours, you have to pull off to go to the bathroom or get something to eat. And you hear, recalculating, recalculate, or, or tur turn at the next stop. What that GPS is trying to do is get you on track. The Bible's like that. After the Bible rebukes us, now God says, okay, let's get back on track. Here's how you ought to do it. For example, you worry. And then you come to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. And you read Paul's words, don't be anxious about anything, but pray. So you're rebuked now for your lack of prayer. But now God says this is how you ought to do it. You ought to be praying about it. So the Bible is useful for teaching. It rebukes, but it corrects. But then also it says training in righteousness. You see, the Bible not only shows us our faults. The Bible does not only just uh, lead us then on the right path. But it continues to help us to walk in that right direction. Staying in the perfect will of God. You see, the Bible is our manual. It does instruct us and rebuke us and correct us and train us. For the purpose that, in verse 17, here's that purpose clause again, so that. Verse 17, do you see it? So that. Here's the purpose. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now there's a word in the King James, it's the word perfect, that precedes these words may be thoroughly equipped. The King James says perfect, comma, thoroughly equipped. And I understand the reason that the enemy took the word perfect out. But I think that word perfect helps us understand the purpose of the not that we're going to be perfect, but the Bible often speaks of perfection as maturity, transformation. And the purpose of the Bible is not to just be hearers, but to be doers and to become mature, equipped and specially adopted, adapted to please God in everything. So the Word of God is given to us not merely to memorize, not merely to just read, not merely to just meditate on, but the Bible has been given to us to help us to grow, 
to mold us, to shape us into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the purpose. The purpose of the Bible is so that we might become mature. The writer to the book of Hebrews in chapter 4 and verse 12 says this, the Word of God is alive. The Word of God is active. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And it penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I was listening to a video this week, and I wrote down the statement. It said this, God breathed, but God is still breathing. Now what that does not mean is, is that God is still giving us more revelation. We have the complete canon of Scripture, Genesis through Revelation. God's not adding to this. But what this statement meant was, God breathed back then through the authors to pen the Scriptures, but He's still speaking to us today. He hasn't stopped speaking. He breathed, but he's still breathing. Because the Bible is a living and breathing and active word of God. God speaks on every page. Every word is filled with meaning. Every word is filled with power. And it's not enough just to know the scriptures. We must live in this book. We must live in the Word of God and allow the Scriptures then to live in us. We must be so saturated with God's Word that we don't even have to think anymore, is this right or is this wrong? The Word of God must live within us. You were driving to church this morning, and you didn't really have to think much about driving anymore. You made this trip so many times. You get out into your vehicle, you put the key in the ignition, you turn it on. You put it in drive and you put your foot on the gas pedal and off you go. You come to a turn and you just automatically flick on the turn signal. You come to a stop sign, automatically your foot goes from the accelerator to brake. We should be so into God's word that life is like that. That we don't have to think, is this right, is this wrong? We are so saturated with God's word, his desires become our desires. His will becomes my will. His heart is my heart. And when we get to that point, when we start growing and maturing, we start understanding the word of God. And it becomes a real part of us. It just fills us. When we are that rooted and grounded in the Word of God, it literally becomes such a part of us, it will guide every part of our lives. And when that happens, we can say with Paul in Galatians chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. 
but it's Christ who now lives in me. It's Christ who now lives in me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself, the plan of salvation. You have revealed the rights and the wrongs of life, the yeas and the nays, what we should do, what we should not do. Father, I pray that we might be in this book, saturating our minds and our hearts with these very words. Because, Lord, they transform. They change us from the inside out. So I pray, Lord, if there are some here who do not have that regular time reading, hearing, memorizing, meditating on God's Word, Lord, today might be different. Father, we need these words. We need these words because they truly are the supreme authority of life and death. Again, we thank you that you have chosen to give us these words. Speak to us. May we hear your voice clearly and help us then to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Hymn number 222, Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Let's stand, we'll sing all three stanzas and we'll be dismissed. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith. Beautiful words, wonderful words, Wonderful words of life, beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Christ the blessed one gives to all, wonderful words of life. Sinnerless to the loving call, wonderful words of life. All so freely given, wooing us to beautiful words, wonderful words of life, wonderful words of life, sweetly echo the gospel call. Words of life for pardon and peace to all. Wonderful words of life. Jesus only say to 
these are words that bring life. They bring eternal life. They bring abundant life. So help us, Lord, not to neglect looking into this holy Bible. Help us, Lord, to have a hunger, a thirst, a passion to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.